0: Hi, I'm Ruthie, your host of the Consistency Corner podcast. I'm a mom, a full time marketing director, and cheerleader for other goal getter women. I'm a retail veteran turned self taught corporate marketing executive who's dabbled in blogging, network marketing, sales, and coaching. At just 20 years old, I knew someday I wanted to help powerful brands ensure their message was consistent across all channels of the marketplace. And I was always inspired by female led brands grounded in supporting women. The Consistency Corner Marketing Method helps you create a foundation for your brand to sparkle so it can make an impact and an income. On this podcast, we'll talk all things marketing and help you create an effective strategy for your brand and discuss mindset and productivity tips to help you be at your best, even while you juggle all the things. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 29 of the Consistency Corner podcast. And today we are gonna be talking all about defining your ideal customer and why this is so important. In my corporate career, you know, when I stepped into the marketing role, the company that I was working for was really trying to establish themselves with some authority. But the problem that I noticed in their messaging and their overall branding and marketing strategy is that we were trying to talk to everybody at the same time. And what happens is when you're trying to talk to everybody at the same time, nobody's really listening. And the example is, and that I always share with my team, new team members, or other um, partners who are working on, as far as marketing goes, is we talk about marathon runners. And we say, there's two different types of marathon runners. There are the Boston Marathon runners, who, if you're not familiar with the running industry, you have to qualify to even run the Boston Marathon. Not just any person can go say like, hey, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. You have to hit a specific time. It's not easy. People who are great athletes do not qualify because there is a limited number of spots and it is very exclusive to get into that race. And then there is the Disney Marathon. And again, if you're not familiar with the running industry, you might think like, oh, well, the people who run the Boston Marathon and the people who run the Disney Marathon are the same people. Yes, sometimes, but they are very different audiences. For the most part, the Boston Marathon runner is a very serious runner. They're, you know, very focused on time, they're focused on PR, they're they've got intensive training plans. They're very serious. The Disney runner is trying for the most part to finish. Now, I'm not saying there aren't serious runners who run Disney. There there are. But the bulk of the people who run the Disney races are there for a good time. They're there to say that they finished, not that they won. They are hoping to be able to finish. You know, we'll have conversations with um, people who run Disney, and there's some women who walk at the end of the races called the balloon ladies, and, like, you have to stay ahead of the balloon ladies. And the balloon ladies walk pretty slow, but at the end of the day, like, there is a time limit, and you have to finish in a certain time, but it's not fast. So... Disney runner versus Boston runner. They're two different types of runners. They care about two different types of things. So if I'm trying to talk to one of them, I'm probably not attracting the other one. And at the end of the day, it's okay to niche down and pick a lane and know who you're talking to. Because once you start talking to a specific type of customer, you're able to create a stronger relationship with that customer because they feel like, wow, she really gets me. She knows what my desires are, what my problems are, what I'm struggling with, because you're getting really specific. And that specificity I don't know if that's a word, I think it is, (laughs) that super specific messaging helps to create loyalty with your customer. And then you'll be able to find raving fans and attract more raving fans by really digging in and being specific and talking about the needs of that customer. And you've probably heard about defining your ideal customer in terms of their demographics. You know, how old is she? What's her income? Does she have kids? Where does she live? But this week, we're going to dig a little bit deeper because those are all surface level things that quite honestly can be different from customer to customer. But what we really want to dig into is what are her core desires? What are her fears? What are her interests? And what are her needs? Which really means, as I said, we're going to niche down. And I know that that can sound scary because it might feel like as you narrow your audience, you're missing people. But really, the opposite is true. As you narrow your audience and you talk specifically to the right person, your audience of right people will grow. Let's think about media and, con- and how content has exploded over the last decade and how there's probably a show on Netflix or Hulu or maybe even a YouTube channel that you are a huge fan of, like you're a raving fan of this show. But my guess is you probably have friends who have never even heard of it, even though you love it and you think it's the greatest thing ever. I can tell you I'm a big listener to the Bobby Bones Show podcast, like the podcast, and then he has a live radio show. So like Bobby Bones, he's my guy. People are like, I don't I don't know who that is. He was on Dancing with the Stars a couple of seasons ago. And I remember talking about it with people in my office about, who watch Dancing with the Stars. And they're like, who's Bobby Bones? I'm like, Bobby Bones. I love him. The Bobby Bones Show. It's one of my favorite um, podcasts and what I listen to every single morning. So I was a raving fan, but somebody who is consuming different content, had no idea who I was even talking about. You know, same thing going back to that Dancing with the Stars um, analogy. Cody from Peloton. I don't do Peloton workouts. I'm aware of them. I know they're out there. I have a lot of friends who do them. But I I don't have a Peloton subscription. So when they said Cody from Peloton was going to be on Dancing with the Stars, everybody was so excited. But you're not excited if you don't know who Cody is. But the raving fans are excited. And that's because media has gotten so broad that you can be, I guess, quote unquote, famous without everybody knowing who you are. There is just so much out there for us to consume right now so that the content we create as marketers has to be really hyper-focused on what the audience is looking for so that it resonates and it doesn't just become noise, Once you've attracted that audience with messaging and content that really resonates, you'll be able to nurture a relationship with those raving fans and your message will naturally spread. It might be slower growth, but it will be growth with the right audience, which means you will have higher conversions rates and you will have higher retention when your customers start converting and buying from you. So, here is what I want you to think about when you are defining your ideal customer. You might wanna grab a pen so you can go back and journal about this later, but these are all the things to keep in mind when you're creating content and how you define that ideal customer avatar. The first question is, what are her pain points? And think about this specifically in relation to what you do. If you are a health and fitness coach and you help people, you know, create a workout routine or nutrition program that works for them, her pain point of like, she doesn't have time to get her oil changed because the oil change place is only open when she's at work. Like that's not a pain point that you solve, but think about the pain points that you do solve. You know, maybe she has tried workouts in the past and she always gets frustrated and loses steam after the first couple of weeks, um, so she can't stick to it and be consistent enough to actually get results. Okay, that's a pain point that you can speak to and solve. Or another example is if you have a bakery and you create cupcakes and her pain point is that, let's see, she doesn't know what to get her kids for their birthday because they change their mind every five minutes. And by the time they order a present, they've already decided on something else. Okay, that's not really a pain point that you solve. But a pain point that she wants to have cute cupcakes that are, you know, Pinterest worthy, but she doesn't have time to create them, that's a pain point that you can solve. So do you see what I mean? Think about those pain points and those friction points that are causing her stress or anxiety or, you know, less satisfaction in her life that she'd like and the, you know, kind of core desires behind those pain points and how you can speak to them. The next thing to think about is what lights her up and brings joy to her life. So that Bakery example that I spoke about, you know, maybe she is the kind of person that loves to have her neighbors say, Oh my gosh, those cupcakes are fantastic. Where did you get them? You know, just being honest here, I'm probably one of those people, but I also don't have time to make cupcakes by myself. So if you're that bakery person, we should probably talk. (laughs) Um, But other things that light her up and bring joy to her life, let's think about if maybe you are a you um, created a planner, and you, or you're a planner coach. You know you work through planning templates, or you have a physical product that's a planner. Somebody who loves office supplies and highlighters and pins and systems like that lights them up and brings joy to their life. That's something that you can connect with your audience on because I'm guessing if you made a planner, you also love those things. Um, but even here, you know, if you're a person, you're building a personal brand, like maybe you're a life coach or you are a, maybe you're in network marketing and you sell a product that other people sell those things that light you up and bring joy to your life. Like for me, I can tell you boy bands, country music concerts, um, Purdue football games and, a glass of white wine on the patio. Like those are things that bring joy to my life. So those are things that I'm going to talk about in my content, because that's going to connect me on a personal level to other people who resonate with that. And those are my ideal audience and ideal customers. You know, if we want to talk about drinking dirty martinis, like that's not, that's not me. It's, it would be fake. And so I'm not going to talk about that because it's not authentic. Um, and I feel like I got way off topic with that because dirty martinis have nothing to do with the problem anybody is solving, unless it's you know, maybe you're a party planner or you're a um bartender. I don't know. Anyway, let's get back on track, guys. Um, so what lights her up and what brings joy to her life? Think about what does that for you and know that you're probably going to attract people and be able to connect with people and resonate people who are find joy in similar things. The next question, and this goes really a lot back to the problem that you solve or the value that you can add, is what do you wish you had known two or three years ago that maybe you can share with your ideal customer? She's probably a couple steps behind you, and she's hoping to be able to learn and know the things that you know. Um, If you guys are in the entrepreneur online space, you probably have heard of Amy Porterfield, who is a big... um, course creator and teaches a lot of awesome tips around digital marketing. And I listened to a podcast or a webinar with her. I can't remember which one it was. But she was saying, think about if you know just 10% more than your ideal customer, what is that extra 10%? Because now that you know it, you think everybody knows it but they probably don't. And that's value that you can add. And that's a way that you can create and nurture relationships with your ideal customer is by those things that you wish you had known two or three years ago that you wish somebody had shared with you. Um, I know for me as a marketing coach, the marketing funnel, that is a piece of marketing. I mean, I didn't go to school for marketing. I went to school for sales. But that whole piece about the marketing funnel and how you know, you need to attract, nurture, and convert your clients. And there's different strategies for how to do all three of those things, but they have to be done strategically and systematically and not all at the same time. Like that was something when I was early on in my marketing career that I was so thankful that someone taught me. And why that's why something that I now try to focus on and teach my clients, because I know that it's something that they, once they know it, will be thankful that they know it and wish they had known it earlier. And then the last thing to think about when you're thinking about your ideal client is what is the outcome that she is looking for after finding a solution to her problem? Now, let me give the example of like, you're too busy to get your oil changed in your car, like as a just out there example. So you're too busy to get the oil changed in your car. That's your problem. The solution is that you find a way to schedule an oil change in your schedule. But the outcome is how you feel. You feel relieved to have something crossed off your list. You feel safe and secure because you're taking care of your vehicle. You feel responsible and, um, I guess, just responsible, that you are taking care of your family and you feel proud that you got those things done. So those outcomes that your customer is looking to feel is really going to help when we get into the copywriting piece of your marketing and kind of how you are nurturing and converting. But it's something to think about when you're thinking about your ideal client is what is the outcome your ideal client is looking for. So I want you to brainstorm on these questions and work through who you are serving so that you can create content that really resonates with her and not everyone else. If you're really stuck or need more inspiration, again, look back at yourself five years ago. That is a great starting point for who you are meant to serve. Again, if you know just 10% more than your ideal customer, you can reach your hand out and support her in her journey with the knowledge that you've gained. Sometimes if you look at super crazy professionals who are very far along on their journey, you think like, I'll never get to where she is because she knows so much or she has a team or she has been doing this for years and years and years. But you can reach out to somebody who's just a few steps ahead of you because they still remember what it feels like to be new. And that could be the client that you're meant to serve. The one who's just a couple steps behind you, who is reaching out For your hand and asking for you to help her along the way in the journey. So, really think about that when you're thinking about who your ideal customer is, and think about how that is just so much more authentic and I guess at a deeper level for creating relationships than things like age, demographic, you know, age demographics, where they live, income level, stuff like that. The other thing that I want to touch on before we wrap up is the power of community when you start to build your ideal client and you attract that person who resonates and you know really connects with all of these things that we talked about you will begin to build a community because you will attract several customers and um eyeballs or you know viewers who resonate with those same things and they'll start to connect with each other You guys know, have probably heard me talk about the fact that I am in a mastermind and have a coach. And I was attracted to my coach because she talked all about systems and strategies and planners. And she created a planner. And those are all things that like I totally vibe with. And then she hosted a retreat for her mastermind members. And when we met up for the first time in person, after connecting a little bit virtually, you know, on social media and Zoom calls and things like that, we finally got together in person. After just one night, we were all like, oh my gosh, I feel like we've known each other for like 10 years. And it was like meeting old friends for the first time, you know, in 10 years, but that like we all knew each other and we all connected and vibed so much. Because my coach had built a community and created content that served that ideal customer. And those ideal customers were similar to each other. And so we were all able to really walk away feeling very seen, heard, and valued just by working with each other and not just our coach. And those are the types of communities that you can create when you are really dialed in on who your ideal customer is and really focused on serving that person. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Consistency Corner Podcast. Be sure to share your key takeaways on Instagram. And of course, be sure to grab the content planning bundle if you haven't already. The link is in the show notes so that you can use that to really hone in on your content strategy with your ideal customer top of mind and making sure that you're creating content that serves her. Um, I cannot wait to see the content that you create and all the things that you do to create a brand that stands out and truly sparkles. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Consistency Corner podcast. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at Consistency Corner for more marketing made easy mindset tips and behind the scenes of working mom life. If today's podcast was helpful, I'd love it if you would leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share a screenshot and tag me in stories so I can cheer you on and learn more about how to support you in building a brand that truly sparkles.